8, the history of Halloween, and maybe we'll encounter a few shadow people. So <laughs> stick around. Ah, welcome. Please step right this way. How about a little music to set the mood? Welcome to the edge of reality, the realm of the paranormal, the unexplained, the strange, the unusual, those things that go bump in the night. I am your host, the Southern Spectre. I hope you boys and ghouls are ready for a dead time story. <laughs> Please, pull up a chair, settle in, and cozy up for the Southern Spectre podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. Not just any episode, the Halloween special. Uh, we are always here. We're always waiting. We're always watching. It is officially Halloween. It sprung up right in front of us. And uh, I hope everybody's got their costumes. I hope you got your candy. I hope you got your movies ready. I hope you're ready for some great spooky material that me and Lexi are going to bring to you this haunting season. Lexi, do you have your, ha uh, your Halloween costume yet? I don't. I think this year I'll just be a witch again. I have a witch hat that I bring out every year. It seems like every year I get lazier. You have a resting witch face. I do. <laughs> How did you know? It's, it's Brittany Witch. <laughs> yeah, it goes perfect with my resting witch hat. There you go. Nothing what are you for that. Halloween? Um, I'm going as someone I've never actually gone uh, before, and I'm surprised okay. that I kind of went with it. But uh, going with the original Boogeyman, Mike Myers, oh, Michael Myers. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael Myers. Yeah, and as much as I paid for that dadgum mask, I'm going to wear it. <laughs> wear it this year? Uh, wear it next year? Uh, <laughs> I probably, I don't know. I might wear it at Easter. Maybe It'd at Christmas as well. Michael Myers Christmas. Yeah, go for it. Sure thing, because I'm telling you, uh, the price has just skyrocketed with the latest re release of the, uh, you know, the last movie, Halloween Kills, which I'm kind of hearing mixed reviews about, but who knows? So, but... We knew in the beginning they were making a trilogy, so we know they can't have a trilogy without the main star of the show. So, yeah, haven't watched it yet. I'm I'm holding off on it, but maybe sometime over this what's left of Halloween weekend, I'll get to. Watch That's right. It. I'm telling you, I'm I'm, I'm at, I hate to say this, but I'm all, it's like I I feel like Halloween is over already. I do too. It's it like went by too fast. I'm telling you, it's it's crazy. It just. Where'd it go? And then mm -hmm. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. 
and then Christmas, and then New Year's, and then <laughs> next year, and then and then we get ready the, for Halloween again. I know, right? And with the way the past it next year, <laughs> with the way the past two years have have gone for the world, I can only imagine what next year will hold. <laughs> Knock on wood. That's right. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into some spooky stuff and something I've never covered here on the show before. And I thought I would do it. it it's not it's not very long. It's not very drawn out, but I wanted to cover it uh, with what I have. And on this episode, we're going to talk about the actual history of Halloween, the origins of Halloween. And how did Halloween actually come about? Lexi, are you familiar with the story? I'm not at all. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it. Well, as as always, we go to the interwebs. Yes. Uh, so, Halloween, also known as All Hallows' Eve, can be traced nearly 2,000 years ago to a pre-Christian Celtic festival held around November 1st called Samhain. It loosely translates to Summer's End, and that is, of course, Samhain is Gaelic. Uh, now, because ancient records are not the best kept, uh, they're very few and far between. So the exact nature of Samhain is not exactly fully understood. But it, we know that it was an annual uh, meeting at the end of the harvest year. Uh, it was a time to gather resources for the winter months and bring animals back from the pastures. I'm like, how long were they in the pasture? <laughs> <laughs> right. All summer? I know, right? Since was last, that they were all hallows? I guess, right? Were were they on summer vacation? I don't know. So some people believed that this was also a time that the veil between the living and the dead could be breached and communication between the two could possibly occur. Now, according to Nicholas Rogers, who was a history professor at York University in Toronto and author of the book Halloween. From pagan ritual to party night, there is no hard evidence that Samhain was specifically devoted to the dead or to ancestor worship. Quote, according to the ancient sagas, Samhain was the time when tribal peoples paid tribute to their conquerors and when the Cid or ancient mounds might reveal the magnificent palaces of the gods of the underworld. End quote. Now, Samhain was less about death and evil than about the changing of seasons and preparing for the dormancy or rebirth of nature as summer turned to winter. Though a direct connection between Halloween and Samhain has never actually been proven, many scholars believe that because All Saints Day or All Hallows Mass, which is celebrated on November 1st, and Samhain are so close together on the calendar that they influenced each other and later combined into the celebration uh, what is now called Halloween. Hmm, that's interesting. It would make sense. And if you want a better version of that story, go look up Drunk Histories, the, the <laughs> origins of Halloween. That thing is hilarious. I will, I will do that today. Thank you for the recommendation. That's probably the one Drunk History that I haven't seen yet. That is that is hilarious. Uh and not to mention the 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 Christmas one the with Jim Carrey and Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah. 
as very hilarious stuff there. So if you get a minute, go go check that out. I enjoy those those very much. I'm making myself a note. One other thing we mentioned, or I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Lexi, can I interest you in some haunted real estate? Absolutely. You don't even okay. have to ask. All right. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Where, where, where can I interest you? How about let's take a look at Loftus Hall on the Hookhead Peninsula in County Wexford in Ireland. My interest is peaked. Tell me more. I know. I've always wanted to go to Ireland. <laughs> me too. So the following stories about the real estate actually come from the website EliteAgent.com. Loftus Hall on the Hookhead Peninsula in County Wexford has an unsettling history with some believing it hosted the devil himself. The tales began with a certain incident back in the late 18th century that really made the hall's name. On a dark and stormy night, a stranger was welcomed in from the cold by the Tottenham family. Tottenham. Very distinguishable name. I would never forget that. Tottenham. Very, very Irish. It sounds like an American dish of tater tots and ham. Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good entry to the uh, Thanksgiving table. Sonic. Make that happen. Get Tottenham. <laughs> so when the occupants sat down to play cards, they noticed the handsome visitor didn't have any shoes and the gentleman sported two cloven hooves instead. In a flash, the man disappeared into smoke, leading the family to believe they had witnessed Lucifer himself. The building was built in 1350. It sits on 63 acres with 22 bedrooms and offers tours for those so inclined. I actually covered a story that I recall from my childhood. I do not remember what book I read it in, but I, it was very similar to this, except um, it was on the streets of Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, I recall that the story goes that it was a man, uh, a man and his wife had taken in a strange visitor off the streets one night. They put away his horse and carriage and... Uh, when they sat down, the gentleman, the stranger, started talking to her, uh, the, the lady's husband, and a very, he started talking very negative about God and so on and so forth. The, the, the wife noticed that this was conversation that her husband would never carry on. And before long, she, she, something happened. She either dropped something on the floor or whatever, and she bent down to pick it up. When his wife reached down to pick up what she had dropped, she noticed that instead of feet at the strangers at the end of his legs, they were actually hooves there. And it says that the wife started to pray in favor of her husband and that it started to disturb this stranger. And it disturbed him so much, he jumped up from the table and ran outside. And it just so happened that there was some wet cement just down the street. And it says that the devil footprint is still there. Not sure oh, if it's wow. there today or not, but never seen it myself. Just huh. once again, one of those crazy stories from the South here. You need to take a field trip to Charleston and, and let us know. Report back. Maybe so. I have to That's ask around about it. Now, I've heard variations of the story of the man with the cloven hooves. Right. Um, some stories you hear, he's at a dance and he's dancing with all the ladies and it turns out at the end of the night, they find out he, you know, has the cloven hooves and he is the devil. Um, so I've heard, you know, there's all kinds of variations of that. 
He has two left hooves. Yes. <laughs> He's not so suave of a dancer. He has two, <laughs> two left hooves. Two left hooves. All right. So next, uh, maybe if that didn't interest you, maybe the Robin, um, not the Robin Williams, but the Robbie Williams mansion will. So British okay. musician Robbie Williams and his American actress wife, Ada, purchased the stunning Compton Bassett House in Wiltshire, England on 72 acres back in 2009 for just over $11 million. Okay, I can so I believe you can. Write me a check. I'll hold off. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was like, uh, oh, you want cash? Oh, no, I don't have the cash, but I can write you a check. Oh, you can write me a check. check. Okay. Write a check all day long. <laughs> <didn't mean> exactly. <laughs> like, I'll put, hang on. That's all right. I'll give you an IOU. Yeah, uh, there you go. So, however, Robbie decided that something was just not right with the property, in particular, his daughter's bedroom, and promptly moved the family to another location. They sold the property in 2010 because it was just too creepy. The Williams Mansion is currently for sale, priced at $9.2 million, listed with Knight Frank K. Now, $9.2 million, you can definitely tell that they, for whatever reason, they, they did drop the price on the, on the yeah, property. Yeah, so, you are picking a loss on it. Yeah, but it, it unfortunately it just doesn't go in to say what what was going on. But apparently Robbie Robbie Williams and his wife and uh, family they did not stay there long because they moved in in two thousand nine and they were out the next year. So who knows what <laughs> they encountered? Have you ever lived in a house where you felt creeped out enough that you wanted to leave? Mm, no, I can't say that I, I have never, either. I mean, I think it would take a lot. Yeah, maybe my maybe my tolerance is just that high. Maybe so. You, know, you were unhauntable. Maybe. Uh, I mean, you know, what we consider, you know, I guess like the sink is leaking again. Or yeah. the washing machine's not spinning or oh, this door won't stay closed or whatever. Oh, there's right. a draft. It's probably all ghost and we're just trying to fix it. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I feel like probably half the stuff that happens in my house, people would, someone could attribute it to ghost activity. And so that's why I am, you know, I'm a pretty healthy skeptic because I think there's most of the time a logical explanation for everything. But yeah. um, I don't know. Maybe I've just gotten used to my house and the creaks and groans and that man that I see walking around with with no face. I, I don't know. Maybe I've just gotten used to it. He's here. He's always here. I'll give you a ride. Oh, no. <laughs> James Cullen. That's horrible. So, Silence of the Lambs Home is for rent. Really? It's one of the scariest films ever made, and the home which was featured in the movie, Silence of the Lambs, is now for rent as a holiday home. The home where Buffalo Bill lived in the movie is situated on almost two acres in Periopolis, Pennsylvania, and features 223 square meters with four bedrooms and one bath. The property is currently an Airbnb, which is Ooh. bound to appeal to film buffs. I like Pennsylvania. I, I, I've been through Pennsylvania, and all I saw was Amish and flooding. Uh, <laughs> no offense to Pennsylvania. The, you didn't go through the right part of Pennsylvania. You've never been to Gettysburg? Uh, no. That is That was one thing I got to check off my bucket list. It's If you ever get a chance to go, it's worth mm -hmm. going to. It's awesome. Nope, I've never, I've never been, 
And sounds like you need to go now and rent that Airbnb. I'm if telling you, you to go to Pennsylvania. I would love to go. I would definitely stay there. Um, it's a movie. It doesn't say it's haunted. That's it true. Says it's a movie. <laughs> it says that it's a true. movie. This is featured in the movie. But funny thing about that movie, did you know that the guy who did Buffalo Bill, who played Buffalo Bill, actually played, uh, have you ever seen the movie Joyride? Uh, uh, with Paul Walker. Yes. And, uh, Steve yes. Zahn. Anybody know it Candy was, Cane? Yeah, he did the voice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Candy that- Cane. Cheesy, but I loved that movie. I love Joy. I did too. I, I thought it was really great. I thought it was well put together, and it it, mm-hmm. it took a little while to get going, but once it did, I thought it very the very first what 30 40 minutes of that movie really made me think of the movie Jeepers Creepers okay. the way they were in the car and just mm-hmm. up to no good, and you know, just trying to go cross country. And it, <laughs> I just, I just thought it was. Thought it was a fairly decent movie. I have not seen the sequels, so I can't vouch for those. Oh, me either. And it's not normally the kind of movie that I typically like, but I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a very, uh, it was different from everything else that was on the shelf at the time. Maybe it was because Paul Walker was in it. Maybe. And Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn, yes, he was. He was in everything around that time, though. I know, right? And for <laughs> this was one of his more serious roles. Right. Um but, uh, yeah, I thought he did pretty good. I need to watch that one again. I haven't seen it in a really long time. All right, so next up, we have the Gardet La Petrie Haunted Mansion. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. It's located in New, Orle- New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. New Orleans. And it's well known for its terrifying history. Ooh. The 1830s home hosted the cream of New Orleans society and was known as the Sultan House. As the story goes, neighbors were walking by the Sultan House when they saw blood trickling from under the front door. The police were notified and had to break into the house only to find that everyone inside had been murdered and the Sultan was found buried alive in the backyard. Cold-blooded murder. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) That is just... Flat out awful. Not when I say it like I do. Yeah, we, <laughs> you made it pretty good. <laughs> I'm very intrigued. Tell me how much I need to pay for this place. When we can, when we can close on it. Write me a check. Okay. The theory is that the murderer was the man's brother, the real Sultan, as retribution for the theft of his fortune and many of his wives. The French quarter-style home with nine bedrooms, ten bathrooms was most recently sold in 2013 for $2 million. I'm sorry, sugar, she's off the market. <laughs> oh, no. Such a bargain, too. Just a cool two mil. I know, right? It, it, I would love to live in New Orleans. I say I would until I got there. But. You know, I've, I want to visit there at least once. I've been to the state of Louisiana several times, but I've never yeah. actually been to New Orleans. I'd like to do the uh, cemetery tours and, you know, the oh, yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Definitely. That, that's some that's some good stuff right there. I, I, you know, like I said, some of that was, I thought, I found very uh, interesting. Actually, that was my Buford Calloway impersonation. If you don't know who Buford Calloway is, look at, I yeah, don't. I think you have, you have to look but, it up on okay. Facebook. Not YouTube. 
go to the search bar and type in SNL Buford Calloway. Okay. And when you watch it, know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Well, I don't see how you can go from that <sighs> to your normal voice to what you did in that clip you sent me. It's three different people. But I I don't know. When I get in certain moods, I can channel certain things. And, oh, uh, that's scary. Oh, man, I should have. I didn't even think about this haunted real estate. There's a haunted house here or in Mineral Wells that was, they did a news article about it or like a news mm-hmm. piece at this haunted house. I didn't even think about that beforehand. But anyway, carry on. Hang on. Is that in uh, Texas? Uh-huh. Mineral Wells. It's called the um, Hill House. The Haunted Hill House in Mineral Wells. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it until just now. And our... Dearest Lexi here has just informed me of another house in the town of Mineral Wells, Texas. Uh, it says here, I found the article, which is on WFAA.com, if you'd like to go check that out. Um, so it says that it's the Haunted Hill House in Mineral Wells, and it's considered one of the most haunted by paranormal experts. So anyone driving through Mineral Wells near the Baker Hotel would be wise to avoid the Haunted Hill House. It was built before the Civil War. The house has been the site of bootlegging, prostitution, murder, and the occult. Experts have called it, quote, the most haunted house in the paranormal world, end quote. I won't sleep in this house, said owner Catherine Estes. I have in the past, and that's when I was attacked. Attacked by what? She says they're not spirits, they're entities. They're bad things. Catherine and her husband, Eddie, aren't the only ones who've been attacked. Visitors can rent the house and do their own paranormal research. However, most people who stay don't make it through the night. Something crazy happens and they're like, we need to go ahead and go, Eddie said. (laughs) (laughs) We've had scratches, bite marks, burn marks, things carved in people's faces. What? Catherine, yeah. A lot of it comes from an entity they call Toby. Does that sound familiar to you? (laughs) Yes. Paranormal activity. (laughs) Uh, So one night inside a room named after Toby, one of their guests took a picture. In the background is what appears to be a demonic figure. Catherine and Eddie believe it's Toby. Other guests said they've heard Toby's demonic voice speaking to them. Growling, Catherine said as she mimicked the sound. It's very quick. Catherine won't even go upstairs anymore. What happened downstairs makes her skin crawl. The most horrible things have happened in this room, she said. The room is reported haunted by a spirit called Dr. Yeager. One night, a guest was lying on the bed in the room and started taunting Dr. Yeager. This is red flag number one, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, something pulled her off the bed. The Estes have cameras all over the house, and they were able to capture footage of that moment. A year later, the same woman visited the house again and in the same room. She was scratched so badly, blood soaked through her shirt. I'm sorry, if she went back, that's her own fault. I agree. It was her fault to begin with. <laughs> there you go. Quit taunting a, him. He'll leave you alone. I know. Stupid. Quit hitting yourself. Quit hitting yourself. 
It's all hard to believe for anyone who hasn't experienced it themselves, but our WFAA crew encountered something while filming. In the middle of our interview, we heard the front door handle rattle. Eddie checked the security footage, and no one ever came to the door. Immediately after our crew heard scratching noises in one of the main rooms. Then, later, after our cameras were off and our crew was about to leave, they heard the same demonic growling that many others have described. Groovy. There's no way to say if it actually was a ghost, a spirit, or a demon. But if you'd like to have an experience yourself, you can make a reservation at hauntedhillhouse.com. Checks and IOUs are accepted. IOU's okay. <laughs> Sign don't me follow up. up. Don't follow up with that last part, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen the outside of Hill House. I've driven by it. I've walked yeah. by it. I've never been in. I think last year and then some years past, probably year before last, they do kind of spook houses in there. You know how I feel about spook houses not doing them. So I haven't been through there. I know some people who have, and they said it's creepy, but... You know, nothing like, you know, nothing unlike any other spook house. Um, right. But it's kind of creepy on the outside, pretty decrepit. And I know it was for sale. The house itself was for sale for a while. And they kept having to lower the price, lower the price, lower the price because no one wanted this house. And they said right. something about if you purchase the house, you have to leave some of the artifacts in the house. That was a condition of purchasing the property, I believe. Just some weird, oh, no, no. weird stuff. But... Mineral Wells, Texas, is worth looking into just the entire town. Creepy. Wow. Mineral uh, Wells. A lot of abandoned buildings. Mm-hmm. I love that place. It's awesome. <laughs> it's it sounds awesome. It's really Definitely cool. Sound- yeah. It's one of those Definitely places you like just... like a Halloween town. Yeah, you get to town, and there's a vibe there that I can't really describe. It's, it's a strange... It's a strange place. But I love it. Very cool. All right. So now we're going to change. We're going to shift directions a little bit. And we're going to be discussing something that we haven't really spoke about here on the show before. It may have been brought up in conversation, but we haven't really done a deep dive on it as of yet. I've always wanted to. So what is it? We're referring to shadow people. Now, (laughs) I know, right? So a shadow person also is also known as a shadow figure, shadow being, or even a black mass. And it's said to be the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure. And it can be interpreted as the presence of a spirit or other entity by believers in the paranormal or supernatural. Now the history on shadow people that a number of religions, legends, and belief systems describe shadowy spiritual beings or supernatural entities such as shades of the underworld. And various shadowy creatures have long been a staple of folklore and ghost stories. The Coast to Coast AM late night radio talk show helped popularize modern beliefs in shadow people. If you don't know who that is uh, or you're not familiar with the show, it, it's a late night, literally, just like I said. I think around here, uh, I think we can usually catch it around 11 o'clock at night. Uh, usually, you will find it on AM stations. Um, I have caught it on FM stations before, but it's just one of those things. If you're not in the right area at the right time, 
you will not find it. But I remember I listened to this all the time as a truck driver, especially driving late at night. And believe you me, there would be times that I could not sleep at night after listening to some of these stories on here. It was crazy. And I absolutely love it. Um, I've heard of it. Um, yeah. Very a cool. lot of different things from that have come from that show. We may have to dive into that radio show. I think the so. Reason, there, there are some very weird things that have happened on air that have occurred uh, over the history of that show. And long-running show. It's been on forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Art Bell was the very first uh, host of that show. Uh, so. Now, Art Bell was a very cool uh, guy, and unfortunately, he's been passed away. Uh, and I think his the one to precede him was George Nori. Um, I'm not sure who hosts it now because it's been years since I've actually heard it. So, But that was the last host that uh, I was aware of. The first time the topic of shadow people was actually discussed on the show at length was April 12th in 2001. It's when host Art Bell interviewed Native American elder Thunder Strikes. He's also known as Harley Swift Deer Reagan. Now, during the show, listeners were encouraged to submit drawings of shadow people that they had seen, and a large number of these drawings were immediately shared publicly on the website. In October of that year, Heidi Hollis published her first book on the topic of shadow people, and later she became a regular guest on Coast to Coast. Now, Hollis describes shadow people as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that flicker in and out of peripheral vision, and she claims that people have reported the figures attempting to, quote, jump on their chest and choke them. In quote, Ooh. she believes the figures to be negative alien beings that can be repelled by various means, including invoking, quote, the name of Jesus, end quote. Now, what does that sound like to you? A demon. All right. So, yeah, it does. It definitely sounds like a demon. Uh, and when you think about it, when you hear like people like Ed and Lorraine Warren talk about this, they describe a demon as it's something that has never walked the earth. So this lady here, uh, Heidi Hollis, actually describes these shadow people as figures. I'll read it again. Figures to be negative alien beings that be that can be repelled by various means, including invoking the name of Jesus. Now, like I said, back to my point, if if a demon has never walked the earth, wouldn't they be alien to it? Ah, good point. Exactly. And you're right, that does sound like a demon. Yep. Now, although participants in online discussion forums devoted to paranormal and supernatural topics describe them as menacing, other believers and paranormal authors do not agree whether shadow people are either evil, helpful, or neutral. And some even speculate that shadow people may be the extra-dimensional inhabitants of another universe. Some paranormal investigators and authors, such as Chad Stambaugh, claim to have recorded images of shadow people on video. Really? Now, the scientific explanation, uh, or let's put it this way, the explanation that science gives, several physiological and psychological conditions can account for reported experiences of shadowy shapes seeming alive. A sleep paralysis sufferer 
may perceive a, quote, shadowy or indistinct shape, end quote, approaching them when they lie awake paralyzed and become increasingly alarmed. Once again, boo hag. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, sounds like it's, the boo hag. It does. And sleep paralysis terrifies me. I've never yeah. experienced it, but just Don't even hearing it, it just... It gives me the heebie-jeebies just even hearing the term sleep paralysis because I've read too much about it. That is some scary stuff. It's dark. It's very dark. Yes, and it, very. It's, whether it's happening in front of you or inside your head, mm-hmm. uh, to think that your body can manifest what you're seeing that with your eyes, that's crazy. No so a person who is experiencing heightened emotions, such as while walking alone on a dark night, may incorrectly perceive a patch of shadow as an attacker, uh, many methamphetamine addicts report the appearance of, quote, shadow people after prolonged periods of sleep deprivation. Psychiatrist Jack Potts suggests that methamphetamine usage adds a conspiratorial component to the sleep deprivation hallucinations. One interviewed subject said that, quote, You don't see shadow dogs or shadow birds or shadow cars. You see shadow people standing in doorways, walking behind you, coming at you on the sidewalk, end quote. These hallucinations have been directly compared to the paranormal entities described in folklore. Finally, Visual hallucinations such as those caused by schizophrenia and bipolar disorder may appear to be shadowy figures at the edge of peripheral vision. That, to me, is very compelling stuff. Um, so it sounds to me like uh, part of it, part of this wants to compare it to sleep paralysis, uh, basically what your mind is capable of projecting in front of your eyes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other half is psychi- uh, psychiatric, I guess. Um, and that the, like, for example, drug users, those who use uh, methamphetamine, they, it's kind of like a catalyst for the sleep deprivation. And in turn, those who haven't slept very well or haven't slept at all in a number of days, they're the ones they begin to see the shadow people. Now, like this subject that was in this article here i find it very compelling at what they said you don't see shadows of anything else you don't see shadows of chairs and dogs and birds and cats and so on you see actual shadows peering at you from behind a freaking doorway it's It's got to be people now speaking of which it's very funny because this just dawned on me maybe a shadow person behind me just gave me the idea maybe but but this is no joke. Like I mentioned earlier, I was a, I am a fan of the Coast to Coast uh, AM, mm-hmm. and I listened to it for quite some time driving trucks at night. Now, one, I want to say it was George Norrie. It was not Art Bell. But George Norrie, who was, like I said before, is Art Bell's predecessor, he mentioned in one show they actually got to talking about uh, shadow people. Really? And he claims... Because it's very funny because it actually, if you go back and read to what I just read, it says that you can sometimes see those shadow people in your peripheral. Now, what he, if I recall correctly, what he said he believes is that when we turn our, like when we see something, something out of the corner of our eye catches our attention and we turn our attention toward it. What he believes that we are seeing 
uh, because sometimes I don't know. I've never had any experience. Of, yeah, I've caught things out the corner of my eyes. You turn and it's not there. But what he believes in those instances are, and when we see shadows like this, it's that two dimensions are coming together. They are from maybe a different dimension, a different time, a different space. And when we see them, we're not supposed to. And so as soon as that's why we can only see them out of the peripheral vision. And so as soon as we turn our heads to look, they vanish. And so it's like our eyes trying to what what's the word I'm looking for? Trying to comprehend what we are seeing. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, that's why what he's referring to, like the ones you can only see out the corner of your eye, you know, that's why, because they're not from our space and our time, uh, which really would make a lot of sense as far as the Mandela effect. Yeah. And so then it makes me wonder, if we can see them, can they see us? Are we shadow people? mm, Very good point. Are we the others? Are we the the aliens? (laughs) I don't know. Are we even on Earth anymore? This is getting too deep. Existential. This is... <laughs> this supposed to be a fun Halloween podcast. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I <laughs> went down there. Went around the rabbit hole. Get all serious on us. Sorry. Sorry. So now we're going to move on to some actual encounters of shadow people. And the ones I have today, uh, they come from an article off of uh, liveabout.com. And they were written, this whole article was written by uh, Stephen Wagner. The first one up is House of Shadows. I became aware of the shadows shortly after moving into my house in New Jersey. My daughter's playroom was in the basement, and they were constantly complaining that they were always seeing something moving out of the corners of their eyes. Mm. <laughs> mm. My. My youngest also said they hovered near the ceiling. In later years, I had my floral workshop in the basement and saw them constantly. Got to the point where I would talk to them with my mind. Not that they ever answered back. They were black. We saw them all over the basement, but mostly along one wall. And occasionally saw them along the same wall on the first floor and in the kitchen near the back door. We did not see them anywhere else in the house or elsewhere on the property, but even when we did not get a glimpse of them, we were aware when they were present. Some of them seemed to have an evil presence. A few years after we moved in, I told them that that they were not welcome in the house and evil presence seemed to go away. Still, we had an uneasy feeling about them, not fear, We just accepted that they were there, as several steps taken over the years to make them go away didn't work anyway. Only once after the evil ones were told they were not welcome was I aware they came back, and I am not sure if they were evil or just upset. I will explain later. Only once did I see one clearly, but it happened in a split second, and I did not see it from top to bottom. I was walking through the breakfast room into the kitchen. The kitchen light was in the corner. It was by the back door in front of the stove. I was startled. I thought someone had come into the into the house. It all happened very fast, but the light from behind it did not pass through as it would a shadow. It was short and stocky and appeared as a silhouette of a person. It had a head. There were no discernible features, including no eyes. 
It had shoulders, arms, and a torso. It disappeared too fast to take note if it had legs or feet. I sensed it was as surprised as I was and did not intend to be seen. Then our house caught fire. It was a major fire that started from a shorted TV along the wall of shadows in the den. We were out of the house six months while it was repaired. About a week after the fire, I stopped by right before dark to pick up a few things. As I came onto the back porch and looked through the six-foot hole where the picture window once was, I looked across the breakfast room at the basement doorway. I sensed three shadows near the doorway. It was almost dark outside, so I did not actually see them. I also got a very bad feeling about them and told told them by thought that the evil ones were still not welcome in the house whether I was there or not. Then I turned and left without entering the house. I was quite rattled. Whether I had this feeling because I was also emotionally upset about the fire, I cannot say. The next day I went back and it seemed the house was full of shadows, although I only caught a glimpse of them as usual, fleeing in the basement, and I am not sure I really saw them as there were no lights on down there and the only light was from the window well windows. It was the only time I ever sensed that they tried to communicate. It seemed they were upset that we were not there because the house was all black. There was no light for them in the kitchen, and there were strangers in the house, the workers, each and every day. A few weeks later, burglars tried to steal the new appliances for the house. Everything was left in the kitchen by the back door. My daughters and I joked that they met up with the shadows and were scared <laughs> off. Who knows? Now, something that I took away from that based on my whole demon theory is this, is that if you're reading the Bible, it actually tells you that when you uh, when you tell a demon to flee, it goes out into the desert for a certain number of days and it can return. And if it does, it brings with them like a certain number more demons. And like oh, yeah. it seemed like every time this lady would uh, or this person would tell these uh, these entity th- these shadows that hey I don't want the evil ones here like it's like almost every time throughout her story she would every time she stepped back in the house it's like there were more shadows there at her house. Wow, that's spooky. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. It's like it's bringing more imps every time. Exactly, spilling mm-hmm. more water on gremlins. <laughs> The next little story here is called The Shadow Man on the Road. It's very quick, it's very short, but it says, I've always been very observant and I notice everything around me in detail. When I was 13, I was riding home from the supermarket with my older brother. All of a sudden, a dark figure dove under the car. It happened very quickly, but I saw it straight on. It was definitely in the shape of a man and it seemed to appear out of nowhere. Quote, I just saw a, a, a shadow man, I said to my brother. Of course he made a joke of it. I went along with it, but it was more than a joke to me. I saw another shadow man that very night when I got out of bed to go to the bathroom. I know it was not my mind playing tricks. Wow. You know, you hear that sometimes that People be driving and they swear they hit something or they almost hit something, but nothing turns out to be there. Uh, yeah, I've heard that too. Um, and I, my dad, my dad was a truck driver, and uh, you know, leaving as early, even now today, dr- getting up as early as I do to leave for work, I will drive, uh, especially out in the country. 
uh, I'll drive, you know, head to work. And you, if you, if you pay attention, like really notice, if you look off toward the edges where your headlights just barely, you know, cast onto somebody's lawn or on the edge of the street, you'll notice shadows running away from your car. You may think I'm crazy when I say that, but I have seen a number of them over the years. It's like once you take you notice okay? to it, <laughs> I need to talk to somebody. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm just no, I, I get it for sure. I, I mean, I like that. once you take notice to them, it's like. And probably very logical explanations. It's just something that if you don't probably. think to look for it, you're not going to see it. You're not going to notice anything. But once you start looking for that, you're going to see it. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, it's very creepy. So here we go with another one. Another experience here says I've seen shadow people at least twice. The most recent was while sitting in front of a TV that was turned off. The reflection showed a dark entity seated beside me. I was annoyed and soon it was gone. I hope I ha- I hope I never have another experience like it again. I think you need to use another word there instead of annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> I was annoyed <laughs> it and was it was just gone. so annoying. Oh, oh my gosh. God! What are you doing here? I didn't even invite like, you. Like not now. Are you eating my Cheetos? It's not a good time. It so a long time. <laughs> I know, right? It'd be weird. I mean, it's like, what is it like the haunted mansion? A ghost will follow you home. <laughs> yes. I'm my like, God. what? What are you doing Again? here? <laughs> a long time ago, I saw what appeared to be a man wearing a top hat who moved in the shadows of a great building. He appeared to look almost like a phantom, appearing though he were a sail mast consisting of electrical magnetic signals. What rubbish you speak of, sir, because that doesn't <laughs> like, even make any sense. That is very descriptive. I'm telling you, oh, I was... I don't I don't even know I don't even know what acid trip were you on. Well, like you said, some of these people are on meth, so yeah, well that could it. be the case. Oh <laughs> I you know, that's how you uh he needs to preface this story by saying I dropped acid. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next one is uh entitled Blue Shadow People or Dimensional Travelers. Uh so I'm kinda curious where this one takes us. I have recurring visitations from a life form that I call the blue people. They don't really look like humans, though. They are about four feet tall. They walk erect on legs, but the knees bend backwards. They are called chickens, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) They have four fingers. I know, right? They have four fingers and two thumbs and roughly the same configuration on their feet. The toes and fingers are webbed. Uh Uh-huh. They have no shoulders and no neck. (laughs) Sounds like a chicken, sir. (laughs) They just go up from the shoulders into a bulbous head. The face consists of three crescents that are arched down like a grimace, the shortest on top and the longest at the bottom. They are blue. They have visited me for about five years now, to my knowledge. They come late at night when everything is quiet. The first thing and the thing that wakes me is a high-pitched whine. 
That is followed by a white light that appears through the wall, door, or wherever they choose to enter from. They come in through the light when it opens enough for them to pass. I was quite scared at first and thought that I was having a lucid nightmare. Later, though, when they returned several times, I realized that they were benevolent and only curious about this world. They would walk about my room, look at things, and try to touch things. For a long time, when I tried to speak to them, they would rush back into the light and disappear. I tried everything to set up communication. Only recently did I have a breakthrough of sorts. When I opened my mouth to speak, one of them rushed over and put his hand on my mouth. I got quiet and it touched my eyes and then touched my ears. Then it touched the three crescents on its face, touched my eyes and ears again. One thing I must interject is that they have no physical form here. I mean, they are kind of like ghosts. So when I say they touch me, it wasn't like really being touched. It took me a while to put it all together, but I have done so. And the message is that they see without sound. My voice blinded them. Huh? Wait a minute. What? What? <laughs> okay. You're as confused as I am. Good. <laughs> yes, I am. It took me a while to put it together, but I have done so. And the message is that they, quote, see, end quote, with with sound. Okay, see, I read it wrong. Oh, they okay. see with sound. Okay, my apologies. Okay, gotcha. M- my voice blinded them and scared them. It may even have injured them. I think they are dimensional explorers, and I think that they would like to communicate. I am working on different approaches to doing that. Very interesting story. But yeah, I don't are, know what to say about that one. But these are blue. I don't see any shadow people. Yeah, where's the shadow people come in on this? <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know, but what, well, given that when you say shadow people, um, even though they're not black or they're not in the, they don't look like a shadow, maybe they resemble a shadow of themselves or better yet, mm, uh, maybe like a hologram of themselves. Okay. Yeah. Not literal shadow. Yeah. Yeah. So the hmm. next story or the next experience is called Smoky and Shapeless. I have been seeing something like shadow people for a long time now, although the shadows I see don't look like people exactly, and they are in the bottom corners of the house. I see them from the corner of my eye, and they are smoky, but they are shapeless and dissipate as soon as I look head on at them, usually around a corner. I get a malevolent feeling from them, though. I always believed them to be demons and still do, as I don't believe in life after death or aliens and ghosts. I'm a little confused by that statement because if you believe in demons or you believe these to be demons, um, then that would inform me that you you, uh, acknowledge the devil, which where the word demon comes from which would uh yeah. which and would it mean would lead you to believe that, that they would also believe in yeah, a life after death yeah i'm not going down that road but um uh just stating the fact that uh i'm a little bit confused by that i'll put it that way yeah um, not as confused as i was about the chicken people but go on <laughs> so i am seeing a psychiatrist for clinical depression and finally told him about it as it was bothering me 
I told him I thought I was going crazy. And of course, he immediately told me I was. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what you pay him to do. He immediately put me on a psychotropic drug and wanted to know if I heard voices too, which I thought was crazy. I haven't been on the drug long enough to see if it will change my seeing them. Somehow, I get the feeling just having told someone that I won't see them anymore, though. Would that be a placebo effect? Mm, Let me read that last part again. Uh, Somehow, I haven't been on the drug long enough to see if it will change my seeing them. Somehow, I get the feeling just having told someone. Okay, I see what he's saying. So he just believes that by just getting it off of his chest that he's been seeing them, he believes he won't see them again. So would that be a placebo effect? No, I don't think it is. Um, I guess it wouldn't because if they were if they were real, no amount of uh, no amount of drugs or uh, no matter what you did, you couldn't get rid of them if they really wanted to be there. All right, so now, now we're getting down to business. We're getting down to brass tacks now. Get it. Shadow people and the Ouija. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure the shadow people are demons. I'm pretty sure that you are right because that is my theory, sir, and that we are on the same page. Maybe you're (laughs) not a sir. I apologize. One night, as this person was having a party and had just gotten out a Ouija board for for my what it says one night I was having a party and I had just gotten out of gotten a Ouija board for my birthday. Great gift, Grandma. Yeah. Everyone talked me into using it, so we started playing. That's the problem. You started playing. In That's my when opinion, I leave the party. Yeah. Okay. Look, even uh, Mil- Milton Bradley couldn't have foreseen what he was getting himself into. Okay. Uh, the point of it is, is you know, you don't play with these. Things. That's just my opinion on it. You do what you want to, but I'm telling they you. play with you. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, it's like a two-way mirror. Uh, and even though we, they may claim to talk to us, I believe they're looking at it through us. Uh, at, or looking through it at us. There we go. Then weird stuff started happening. Shadow figures started to appear in my room. A lot of shadow people. It wasn't any of our shadows. These were different. Some had red eyes. Then red orbs started coming through my room. We had made a protective circle and we all tried to stay in it. It got cold in my room and we could all see our breath. If some of my friends couldn't see the shadow people, they could feel them. Just take the batteries out of the back of the board, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Not that kind of board. There was an all-out evil feeling in the room. We all got too freaked out to move. We were just like, then one of the shadow people changed. They got all scary looking as if they weren't scary enough. I could explain, but I don't want to go into detail. Let's just say pumpkin head, the demon guy from scary movies. No, his head is not just a pumpkin. So we screamed, finally ran out of the room. My parents thought we were crazy. That night when we went to bed, my closets were glowing red and orbs were going through my room. We didn't go to sleep until like 5 a.m. And even then, we only slept not even four hours. That was freaky and stuff didn't die down for a while after that. That was the last time I used the Ouija board. Congratulations, Good. sir. I threw it somewhere deep down in one of my closets in the deep, deep, dark, dark, deep, dark closet. 
Now I've only used <laughs> psychic glows. circle, and even that has consequences. I don't. I've never heard of psychic circle. No, me either. Uh, it says now I only I've only used psychic circle. I don't know if that's a another board like a Ouija board. It's an app. Um, is it? It could be. It could be an app. Yeah, like you said. <laughs> but even that has consequences. I'm not allowed to use it anymore because of what happened to me, my friend, and my mom. But that is another story for another time. Dun dun dun. Let's leave um, us on a cliffhanger. And that's what I did on my summer vacation. <laughs> See that? That's Ouija boards for you. Uh, yeah, for real. Um, and what's even worse is um, I'm surprised they didn't attack us back in the 80s because none of us could pronounce the word Ouija back then. We didn't even know what it looked like. And now that we know <laughs> that w- what it looks like, I was like, oh, man, I used to love that game. I ouja. <laughs> the Ouija board. <laughs> the Ouija board. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just call it Ouija. Ouija. <laughs> I know it's not proper, but it Ouija. Ouija. Did you ever see that episode of I Love Lucy where they uh, have the Ouija board? Really? Mm-hmm. It was one of the early, probably season one episodes. Um, they were into numerology and one of Ricky's um, bosses or whatever was really into numerology and the Ouija board, and then they have a seance. No. Yeah, it's, considering it came out in like 1952, uh, pretty surprising. Wow. It is a good episode. Well, you know, there was a lot of Hollywood out back then that uh, they used to be into the occult and yeah. used to play around with stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's true. All right, so we're almost to the end of this, but... Uh, this is the last story we have, or that I have. I know you mentioned you have one. Is that correct? I do have one. All right. Well, I'm going to head, go ahead and get this one out of the way, and then the floor is yours because I have talked okay. long enough. So this one is the Shadow Man Encounter. Uh, so this person tells of his close encounter in the fall of 1998. It has many typical characteristics, including that his perceptions happened when he awoke during the night. He had just purchased a home and spent the day painting it before moving in. His friends left for the night, but he decided to sleep in a beanbag chair. He awoke in the middle of the night, feeling thirsty, and went into the dark kitchen for a glass of water. Quote, That's when I got a distinct feeling that someone was watching me. There, at the top of the basement stairs and in front of the light switch, I could distinctly make out the figure of what I automatically assumed was my good friend Rockwell. Somebody's watching me. me. No, actually, uh, it was my good friend Larry, cousin Larry. Uh, end quote. Larry. Do you remember uh, cousin Larry? Uh, uh, Balky, Balky Batatamus from Perfect Strangers. Oh, yeah. So he called out to the figure, which didn't respond. Quote, I was still absolutely convinced that I was looking at a living person. My guard went up with the dangerous possibilities of who could it be, end quote. He took out his pocket knife in case he needed to defend himself. Quote, then in an instant, the shadow moved forward in my direction. I lunged forward with the knife extended outward. I saw the shadow move into my arm as if deliberately trying to impale itself on my weapon. And it kept coming, end quote. He screamed, and the entity continued straight through his body. Quote, I spun around in a circular motion 180 degrees. I saw the shadow moving at almost leisurely pace away from me. 
It proceeded through the large kitchen into the adjoining dining room and finally through the wall that would have led outside if it were a door, end quote. He finally turned on the light switch. Wide awake now, he searched the house, found nothing, and evacuated to his old apartment for the rest of the night. He never had a repeat of that encounter while living in the house. Of note, he said he wondered whether he was thirsty due to the paint fumes. A rational explanation would be that those could have been an influence, as well as an episode of hallucination associated with sleep paralysis. He wondered if it might be associated with the address ending in 666 and that the house was aligned with Magnetic North. Hmm. Well, the part about the sleep paralysis would make a lot of sense, especially where he says, uh, you know, he was asleep, then went into the kitchen to get water. And then he says, now I'm wide awake after I turned on the light. Was he in a state of maybe a little bit of sleep paralysis or sleepwalk or whatever when he saw the apparition? And was he having side effects from breathing in paint fumes all day? But it it seems to me that if he was, if the house had been painted recently and he was in there staying in the, in, in there with the paint fumes, it seems to me like you wouldn't have any sleep deprivation. It would be putting your, on your butt. Um, yeah, true. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. on the same hand, I mean, it, it could be that, uh, you know, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, here's my buddy Larry's on top of the stairs. <laughs> hey, man. Oh, man, come what's check out the beanbag chair, man. Okay, oh. the beanbag chair. I mean, he's probably also smoking a doobie. Uh, so, you know, who knows? Hey, man. All righty. So, what is this shadow person experience that you have to share with us here, Lexi? Well, the experience is not actually mine. Um, I've just heard the story secondhand. Um, It happened in probably the late 90s, early 2000s. Late one night, my cousin, who lived just outside of a small town called Heiko, kind of in central Texas, had an experience with a so-called shadow person or hat man, as it's sometimes referred. I didn't hear you refer to hat man. But sometimes, you know, in research or whatever, you'll see shadow people referred to as hat man. But anyway, so my cousin would have been probably about 12 or 13 at the time. She says that she was in her room in bed, but she was wide awake when she saw a black shadowy figure linger for several seconds in front of her closet door, then slowly moved to the window and disappeared. She said the figure was the shape of a man. She could see his facial profile, but no real facial features. And he was wearing what she referred to then as an old-timey detective hat and a trench coat. So a then fedora, she proceeds. I'm assuming. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. But it was a detective hat. But uh, she then proceeds to lose her ever-loving mind. She runs screaming to her parents' room, where she spent the rest of the night. And the next morning, my cousin said that she saw her mother, which would be my aunt, talking on the phone, and that her mom seemed uneasy, and she looked like all the color had drained from her face. My aunt was apparently talking to our grandmother, who lived just a couple miles down the road from my aunt and my cousin. My aunt said on the phone to my grandmother, you need to talk to Cassie. She saw the same thing last night. Mm -mm. So, yeah. So then my aunt puts my cousin on the phone with our grandmother, and they compare stories from the night before. My grandmother said that she saw the same apparition right around the same time in her house. She was also up late. She was sitting in her living room waiting for her husband to get home from work. 
and her house kind of had an open floor plan so you could see the den area from where she was sitting in the living room and there were only a couple lights on in the house she said that she saw the apparition come up from the floor of the den and it kind of materialized into a black shadowy figure like a man in a trench coat and hat and that it floated or kind of hovered over the floor across the den for a few moments until it got to the fireplace area where she had a religious painting hung on the wall and some other religious trinkets on the mantle. And that's where the shadow man pretty much just evaporated and disappeared. Wow. So same night they saw the same thing. Um, and to my knowledge, neither one of them were on methamphetamines. I can't <laughs> confirm that, but I'm pretty sure they were not. Um, so yeah, they both saw this same thing. They described the same thing and they both told me about it. You know, like I said, back in the early 2000s, I'd never heard of shadow people. And then, wow. you know, the internet becomes a bigger thing. Oh yeah. And I don't know how I came across it one time, but I read a story and it freaked me out. Cause I'm like, that is exactly what they described. And hmm. there were some people that had done, you know, illustrations of it. I sent one to my cousin. She about lost it. She said, that is what I saw. So the pictures you see online of the black shadow guy with the hat and whatever in the coat, she said that is exactly what it was. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So neither one of them saw it again. Um, To my knowledge, my grandmother since passed away, but um, supposedly they never saw it again. Didn't know what it was, but they saw the same thing on the same night a couple miles apart. My word. So it was on on the same night. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that. That's what I was kind of curious about. So they were like in completely different houses at the, yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. they were just a few miles apart. Right. And then the next morning, I guess my grandmother had called my aunt to tell her, you know, what had happened. And my aunt's like, uh, you need to talk to her because she saw the same thing. Wow. That is so, crazy. And I was scared after that to ever sleep at my grandmother's house. <laughs> Show you <laughs> she right. She should have never told me about the shadow man at her house because I never wanted to go to her house again after that. That's what happens because like my grandma, my grandma had to talk about red eyes and bloody bones. And I'm like, why? Why? I gotta, <laughs> when I, we can't bake cookies or, or, or shell peas on the front porch yeah. or something? No, yeah, you got to tell me about red eyes and bloody bones. What, what are you doing, You grandma? can't be a normal grandma. <laughs> I'm telling you. But yeah, that was, like I said, not an experience of my own, but... It came right. from two people that I don't know why they would lie about that. Right. Um, why they would just make that up. Or, I also, like I said, I don't think that either one of them were doing meth or <laughs> that they were schizophrenic or anything. So, right. Um, and that's why shadow people have always kind of fascinated me because it had to be something. I don't know what right. it is. And that's what kind of scared me that I didn't know what it was. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the documentary, but I want to tell you there is a documentary uh, about the Hat Man. Really? And it's about a bunch of people. It dives into uh, what is known as uh, sleep paralysis. But, yeah, um, that's true. That's the weird part about it. Is they say that everyone, there's a number of people, like I'm talking about eight, thousands and thousands of people who all who scientists or doctors believe they suffered from uh, sleep paralysis and they all saw the same man. Yeah. So even if it is sleep paralysis, I can give you that. It's sleep paralysis. But why is everyone seeing the same thing? 
And why did a grandmother and granddaughter see the same thing on the same night? Mm-hmm. And why would they both be having sleep paralysis at the same time? For real. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty spooky. It's heavy stuff. I like it, though. Good story. Good story. I think that is going to about do it for this episode. I hope that, uh, hope you guys took away something from this episode. Um, I enjoyed talking about it. Um, Because what you guys don't get to hear is all these little side conversations that me and Lexi dive into. Um, Some of it is completely off the rails. Um, Some of it uh, doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Some of it is interesting into itself, but it's not quite what we're talking about. Um, But uh, who knows? Maybe we'll come up with a, what do you call it? A blooper reel one day or something. Yeah. And sometimes (laughs) we just solve the world's problems. Exactly. Uh, but I'm telling you, it's uh, it's great having her here on the show. I really, I really do, uh, I really appreciate you because you bring a different perspective into uh, this whole world that we that we dive into and talk about. And so here it is. It's uh, just before Halloween, and uh, I just want to wish everybody out there. I just hope you guys have a great Halloween. I hope you. Uh, you. I would say get what you want, but it's not Christmas. Um, <laughs> it's our Christmas. For people like us, it's Christmas. Uh, I hope you guys have some good spooky plans for the weekend. and hope you guys take care. Uh, stay safe out there. If you would, uh, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can follow us along on Instagram.com forward slash the Southern Spectre. Facebook.com forward slash the Southern Spectre podcast. If you head over to storefrontier.com forward slash the Southern Spectre podcast. You can go find your very own Southern Spectre t-shirt. But yeah, I hope you all just be safe out there. We're still in a mess right now. It's a crazy world we're all living in. Um, It's slowly but surely seeming to go back to normal, but what do we even know is normal anymore? So, (laughs) But anyway, guys, Hope you all take care. Be safe. Y'all love each other. You know, y'all look for the, the witch flying over the over the moon. And <laughs> I think I see uh, her now. I know, right? Uh, Lexi, do you have anything you'd like to share with our listeners? No. Just happy Halloween. Stay spooky. Yes, you guys. Happy Halloween. And thanks for all the new uh new listeners and if you like what you're listening to please leave us a review wherever you may listen to podcasts we appreciate it and we will be back um i do believe me and lex you're going to take this week off so no new episode because you got two this week um other than that uh we will see you guys on the flip side you guys have a happy halloween and stay safe out there 